Superhacker of Yesteryear. And Kapahaka today. The evolution of Kapahaka and Māori performing arts is evident at the biannual national competition Tematitini. Over the past four days, 47 groups from here and Australia came together to battle it out on the stage. The event was held at the Hawke's Bay Sports Park, or Kahungunu Park as it was renamed, during the four-day event. Today, the final top nine groups gave it their all. Many of them prepared for months, training in the gym, weekend practices at the marae, just for that 25-minute performance bracket. It's the elite level of Māori cultural performing arts. Tonight we talk with Hira Huata, who is the Ngāti Kahunu delegate on the Te Matatini Executive Board. As Tangata Whenua of the host region, she outlines the work leading up to the event and the focus on this year's theme of Manakitanga. And we take a look back at the competition, and thanks to Ngā Taonga Kōrero, we delve into the archives. But first, I asked a few performers and tutors, what does kapahaka mean to them? You know, I'd rather go back to the old days when we used to be together. Eh? I still wish we were still in those days. Today it's too, too well, fast, eh? too fast for me now. All I can do is help our young people. This queer from Matakana Island is 85 years old. There's too much other things taking over. You know, our rangatahi, you know, they have this kanikani with the nodding of the head, you know, and, and that's, that's so not us, Māori. And I think that they need to have someone to, to encourage them, you know, keep on having kapahaka practice. And it's their children. When you have the waiata that for your own area, oh, tukianate manawa hekeanate ngaroimata, you know, that's what I mean. We attract not only our own people but international people as well, and that's awesome to see. Our last matatini down in Christchurch. Saw, I saw a lot of Pākehās and Asians even, so it, it obviously attracts um, other um, people's interest as well. So, yeah, I see it booming in the next 10 years. I ask one performer if the ultimate goal for his group is to perform at Te Matatini. He says that it is, but he adds that it is something to aspire to for our children. He says the art form is about the excellence of the Māori language. Māori performing arts will be more uh, creative, 
in terms of the creative process. And I think that's one of the glorious things about Kapaka today, that our, our rangatai are great creators uh, in terms of building stories, uh, theatre and uh, presenting those stories, old-time stories, traditional stories uh, that have come down through the ages. Uh, I think it's a course of maintaining all that with the issues that will affect, uh, obviously, uh, the Māori of 30 years' time. I won't be around, you know, uh, but my tamariki will uh, and my mokopuna, aku mokopuna o tūhoe, o te whāarua nei, o ruatoki. The year was 1983, and Te Matatini, or as it was known then, the Polynesian Festival, was hosted by Ngāti Kahungunu in Hastings. Hira Huata was a waitress and helped her mum Henemehi in the kitchen. They were catering for the large crowds. Fast forward 34 years, and today Hira is the Ngāti Kahungunu delegate on the Te Matatini Executive Board. Her cousin, Tamahuata, who died two years ago, laid the groundwork in 2005. And according to Hera, he had mapped out everything for his team and his daughters to organise. Hera talks about the history of hosting in Ngāti Kahungunu. The theme is Rangatahi was to Manaki. And so I was one of the waitresses there during that time. Uh, for the whole duration of the Polynesian Festival held in, in um, 1983. So when it came around uh, for the tono, it was an honour for us as Ngāti Kahunganu to bid for, the, for this Matatini this year. In this whole of uh, Matatini, Kaupapa, is actually to um, enhance our people to to totoko. What I enjoyed back in 1983 is um, memorable. Today, the hosting rights were handed over to the next host city, Wellington, in 2019. Yes, and Whanganuya Tara, they are the ones to be... Um, uh, hosting the next Matatini after the prize giving, we will be moving straight into the um, 
handing over their Māori to Te Whanganui Ātara. Um, and we honour their matatini in 2019. The winners of this year's Te Matatini will become ambassadors. Essentially, there could be international travel on the cards and the group will attend a range of Indigenous festivals. Here's a few tidbits. Every performer received a taonga. And we're talking around about 40 members per group. That's 47 groups. So 1,880 taonga, a gift given to each kapahaka performer. few years, the world of kapahaka, waiata composition, whare tūtaua, te reo Māori, mātauranga Māori, was somewhat weakened when composers and practitioners of their various art forms died. Mitamohi, Māori Ora Kingi, Tamahuata, Machu Dixon, Awanui Black, Napiwaka and Ngāpō Wehi. The first official Te Matatini was held in 1972. Back then it was called the Polynesian Festival. But many iwi around the country have been performing for years in their own rohe. In the early 1950s it was kapahaka groups in the Ngāti Pro area. At the time Ngāpō was a young adult and he had his uncles and whānau who were skilled as composers and performers. It was at that time that he was mentored by his elders and taken under their wing. Ngāpō and his late wife Pemia would tutor the group Waihiriri. He took over the reins from Bill Kirikiri and later on with Auckland-based group Te Wakahuia. He was known as a humble man, he tangata whakaiti. Ngāpō died in August 2016. In this archival recording from 1994, Hinare Teua sat down with Ngāpō to talk about those early days of competitive kapahaka. Yes, I remember in 1952, I think about the month of November, when all the pakeke from uh, that area got together and talked about holding a competition, and 1953 was the first one. Um, the competition was very tough. I mean, the eight teams there, you couldn't tell who was going to win. That's how tough it was. And me being a, a fledgling, and of course, uh, Nan's uncles, Tikani Tehua and uh, Baby Tehua, uh, Ani Taihuka, Bill Kerekere, they were all there. I was actually overawed by them. At times I felt like leaving the group, but I went back again and I've been in it ever since. I remember gathering. It was quite secretive those days. All the groups that used to enter the competition wouldn't let anybody else know what they were doing. Uh, the competition was real high class. And uh, that particular year, the first year, I think there were one or two outsiders. And when I say outsiders, in-laws like myself, I think Pop Milner, um, Kapirangi, 
we were in uh, that lot. And then um, primarily it was all Te Tangamahika Wahiri people. And after so many years there, they moved into town because the membership started to fall away. And then we took anybody who was interested. And in 1964, I think, 65, when Bill left to go to Wellington, we moved back out to the Marae. And we operated from there ever since uh, Nina and I left 1981, September 1981. And we led the club from 65 to 81. What about 1970, say, when that... The, uh, the welcome to Queen Elizabeth and the Duke of Edinburgh was held at Rugby Park. What, what, what sort of activity was, was the group involved with at that stage? <coughs> with Bill leaving and leaving a vacuum, really, um, we plotted away there, and in the end we were involved with the welcome in 70. Um, and then 72 came up with the first New Zealand Polynesian Festival, so we got deeper and deeper. What was the background to, to that uh, first ever uh, Polynesian festival, as it was called then, Bob? I think it was basically talked about years before, about getting a national group together. I think Kingy was involved and Jock McEwen and one or two others. Napo explains that while the competitions in Gisborne started in the early 1950s, many years later would see the introduction of the first nationwide competition. And it came to pass that in 1972 it was agreed they should have competitions on a Māori Council district basis. So Henarengata came to see me one day and asked me about whether we should have a look at it. And I said, yes, we'll look at it. So we got the rest of the Central Committee those days made up of different delegates. A lot of people don't know that the competition in Gisborne has been going since so 1953 up to this date without a break. And so it emerged from there. And at that time, the winner would go and represent the district. Ngāpō, where he talks about the style of composition that was evident through popular tunes of the time. We were still following the American-style pop music. And the originality section was introduced, I can't remember offhand what year, but that's brought a different twist to it. We're far richer now. If we had not have done that, we would still be following uh, the modern songs and putting lyrics to it. Mm. So the creativity has been brought back, and that's the reason why they did it, because they felt that Māori people had the creativity and the flair, and that was one way of stopping it, was to just follow American tunes. So you'll find that each club that's entered the competitions will have a, a large repertoire of original numbers. So I'm glad it went like that because um, copyright has come into it too. That a lot of people are unaware that you can take a song like uh, Que Sera and turn it into Maori lyrics, but in actual fact you're violating the copyright. So I'm happy to say that the originality is one of the best things they've ever done. I know if it relates to Kingi Matutara Ihaka, he was a great... Uh advance or ad- advocate, rather, of, of originality. And I, I know for many years he used to chastise some of our Māori composers for leaning, as you say, to, towards some of the American uh, uh, tunes and not composing their own. But yeah. he wasn't alone in that, was he, in, in that particular thought? Oh, primarily he was one of the ones mm-hmm. in that. And, uh, and, and, and I could see why he did it now. In hindsight, the best thing he's ever did. He was uh, 
people sometimes portray him as being a stubborn kind of a guy, but I think I'd like to describe him better as a committed man who he committed himself and by hook or by crook he had to fight. So Kingy was a really a fighter for the retention of things Māori. one festival that you, you composed a haka where you were really chastising the then Minister of Māori Affairs, Koro Wetere, and you were chastising corporatisation and, uh, and uh, state-owned enterprises and so on. Is, is, a haka, is it still legitimate for the haka to carry that, that, that real message of uh, uh, sort of exposing, as it were, some pertinent issue? Oh, I think a haka's not a haka unless uh, you're in that area. I mean, look at the classics on Ngāti Pro. Poropehana, uh, Kiringutu, and some of those, they, they dealt with land problems. They dealt with. So I, I've just carried it on. I think that current affairs and and whatever topics of the day, I try to compose a haka with a dual purpose. That's to give a message. When you talk about me chastising Kuro, I wasn't actually chastising him personally. He That's just happened office. to be the minister at that time. And at that time, uh, he was minister for four portfolios. And I took it up on that, that he was an opportunity for a minister who was holding four portfolios uh, to try and do something. Although one man can't do it. But it just so happens I like to be a little controversial. I think that haka is, is debate, protestation, um, let's see, uh, talk, uh, all sorts of things like that. Otherwise, I mean, how can you hack out something when it's, you're talking about somebody who's good? Because it's not in there. Maxwell remembers performing as a youngster who grew up in a packed house in Nongataha. His first foray into performing arts was with his late wife Atarita's mum, Kahu. What started out as a bit of a whirlwind in the 60s, he toured with the Māori Theatre Trust, led to performing with, and eventually tutoring, Ngāti Rangiwewahi. He recalls that period. I had sort of moved into the big city of Rotorua, working at the New Zealand railways then and doing performances shows with Atareta's mum, uh, Kahu Morrison. She had a cultural group who performed here in the concert chamber and at uh, hotels in Rotorua, Grand Hotel. And um, uh, so uh, not only was I keen on culture, but uh, keen to be alongside Atareta at these performances. <laughs> and that developed into a wonderful uh, Engagement and then, of course, uh, uh, marriage. But so culture played a big part of our lives then. We took over the senior culture group 
after we returned from one of our big, huge trips away. We were chosen for auditions in Manutuke for two weeks in in Gisborne. This is about 1969, 1970, and we were chosen to travel with the New Zealand Māori Theatre Trust, and Inia Te Wiata, were headlining that. We would we would stick and work hard on the core aspects of those six disciplines you had to have in the performing arts, but uh, we would uh, we weren't afraid to try just a little bit outside the square. It might work or it mightn't work, but you won't know unless you try it. So a couple of those we would try, um, and uh, and uh, yeah, there was a, a very good pet, but. Regarding grooming-wise, we always tried to pride ourselves on looking good. And when people used to say to, gosh, look at your girls, you're walking out on stage. Look as though you've just come out of the dry cleaners. Great. That's a nice image. And we we never had moko on our faces, on the girls or, or the boys. A couple of things, a couple of reasons. Iridangi Tiakiawa was with us. And um, you have to earn it. And, um, you know, seeing young people with them on and really they're trying to gain a place in the team, let alone earning something like that. Plus then as you're on stage for that 30 minutes, you're sweating, it smudges. Your face is like a big smudge. But um, And then allowed the girls, we thought, you girls are beautiful, so show your beauty. And, and hence... Uh, makeup and various things. There was nothing wrong with that. Groom your hair. Wonderful. And then the boys, we would sort of work so hard on the program that uh, we didn't say... uh, If anyone had a a wonderful, good physique and build, great, but you've got to be a good performer in that as well. So if they had both, it it was good. We... um, and the hardest part also was uh, health. We worked hard on the health aspects of um, health and moderation. We didn't say you can't smoke or you can't have an ale, whatever, but moderation. But in our first years of rehearsing at, at home, the dining room would be full of smoke, and was, uh, you know, because that's. People were smoking during breaks, during even no while we were rehearsing. Oh, well, he I back then. Yeah, yep. that's how it was. And so being able to make all those changes was was, was a wonderful thing. Um, you just mentioned um, Irirangi Tiakiawa. We've talked mm-hmm. briefly about Māori or Kingi. Those people were obviously instrumental in, 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 in haka and performing arts. What, what influence did they have on the group? Oh, huge influence. And... Even when Irirangi indicated he wanted to come out to his people of Ngāti he's strong and picky. He's, he's, he can fuck up papa to all our tribes. When he wanted to come out home, there were some people from out home, ooh, bit mataku, ooh, he'll change this, he'll do this and everything. We said, no, embrace, embrace it. You know, if he wants to come out home, it's great. But we didn't let go of the reins. But we acknowledged his mana, his strength, um, uh, and, uh, and and we brought him into our um, 
call senior group where we would discuss things and 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 especially what he had to say. Tiawanuiarangi Black died in November 2016. His last stand on the Matatini stage was with his group Tutarakauika Kirangataua in Christchurch. Awanui was a Māori language commissioner, composer, a regional councillor, father and a whare tūtaua or Māori weaponry exponent. In the segment recorded in 2014, Awanui talked about the haka peru he composed to mark the 150th Battle of Pokehinehina Gate Pa commemorations. Haka, in effect, um, in the first part, and I, well, the first part of it, of course, is describes the lead up to the battle itself, which began at, uh, at Porterifi, which was an old pass site on the Wairua River. Uh, it talks about the code of conduct, um, and then it goes on to describe the some of the leading figures of that time, um, to acknowledge them, should I say. Pere Takatuai, Rawiri Puhirake, Henare Taratoa, Prane Koi Koi are the ones whom, whom are mainly referred to. Finally, it, the haka really talks about, um, despite all of that happening, um, everything that's happened to our people over the years, um, confiscations, uh, the loss of culture, language, etc., etc. Um, despite all of that, we're still here today, and um, and in fact, we're growing stronger and stronger. And so, it's uh, I guess at the end, it's uh, it's really accentuating that the hope, I guess, for the future. The theme surrounding the commemorations is reconciliation. Was that was that Fakaro t- taken into account when composing the haka? Uh, a little bit of that, but uh, the really, I guess it's uh, for um, while certainly acknowledging that and supporting um, that the concept of reconciliation, which is very important, um, not only between Maori and uh, those who uh, colonised the area. Um, and the descendants of those colonists today and other people, but also reconciliation amongst ourselves, um, amongst the, the hapu and the iwi of Tauranga Moana, um, very important. Uh, but w- what we wanted to do in this particular um, haka uh, was to, for it to, uh, to ensure, if you like, the, the, the sacrifices, if you like, of our ancestors um, are not overshadowed and are not forgotten 
um, while we move into a positive future. Mm -hmm. And the last part of the haka talks, um, says, um, Kangaro, Kangaro, Kai, Kai, Te Toka, Tirikawa, which is a well, fairly well known proverb in the, this part of the world. Um, refers to North, what people uh, know as North Rock at the base of the mount. Um, that regardless of how the tides and everything um, thrash against it and um, sometimes it's submerged, um, it always emerges um, above the waves and um, that's, mm. that's really about us, that is, as a people. I'm 